Good morning, good morning. This is the Enriched Life Podcast with Lisa Giants. I am so excited today because we have a very special guest, Caitlin Peak, who is also known online as the Gulf Coast Mommy. We are going to be talking about autism today, and we both have children on the spectrum, and just like that, it is very different. So we're going to share our experiences, what it's like, and what it feels like when you initially get that diagnosis for autism, and how it's changed our lives so far with our children. So before we get with our special guest, I wanted to share a verse with you from the Bible. John chapter 16, verse 33 says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So how encouraging is that verse that the Lord is saying that in this world stuff is going to happen. You know, none of us are immune to having a illness or a child with special needs. You didn't do something wrong in order to have that happen, but we're all going to have troubles in some kind of way. But the Lord says, take heart. I have already overcome those things. So I know in the times where it gets real rough for me and my family, maybe your family too, to hold on to that verse that says, fear not. I have overcome the world. And when you have a child that's on the spectrum, things can feel so unpredictable, especially when you first find out about the diagnosis and you feel like your entire world has shifted. But remind yourself what the Lord has said, I have overcome the world. He has overcome our fears. He's overcome our anxieties. So when things feel like they have hit the wall, remember, he has already overcome. And by God's grace, so can you. All right, so today on the Enriched Life Podcast, I have a very special guest, Caitlin, who is also known as the Gulf Coast Mommy on Instagram and Facebook, right? Yes. Awesome. So you have a son named Sean, and he is on the spectrum, right? And you have a daughter as well? I do have a daughter as well. She'll be eight in June. Awesome. So um, for everyone else, I you know, I have three kids already. They're three, two, and eight months, and having God kids... bless you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Isaac is going to be four at the end of this month, and his brother's going to be three in August, and so Hope is going to be one in August, and I am really not upset to going to be out of the baby, little baby section, you know, like, everyone's like, oh, are you going to be sad when your daughter turns one? I'm like, not really. I've been like in a groundhog day of of babies for the past like four years, so... Yeah, so I feel like I am professional at babies. It's everything else past that that, you know, is going to be fun. It's a whole new world coming yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so yeah. tell, me, tell me about Sean and tell me about his diagnosis. Uh, well, let's see. Do you want me to start from the beginning with his diagnosis, how we started that kind of? Like, how did you find out, you know, like all of well, that? Well, you know. whether we wanted to admit it or not, that something wasn't adding up. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, he is our second, so a lot of the things that we did not see him achieving or doing um, developmentally, we didn't want to compare to his sister because okay. she was like rock star, hitting all these milestones early and just yeah, you know, rolling yeah. through it. Yeah. And, you know, you hear the saying, boys are different than girls, uh-huh. you know, it'll come, it's, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I kind of kept that mentality for a very long time. Yeah. Um, 
So by the time he was one and he still wasn't talking, he really wasn't babbling. Mm. Every so often, like literally so often, once in a blue moon, he might get out dada, but none of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was starting to go off into the playroom a little bit more. Again, being a mom. I tried not to focus too much on that. I wanted him to be happy, and if he was happy in there, yeah, then I, you know, I didn't push the issue. He's yeah. happy, mm-hmm. you know. Well, his pediatrician. By the time we got to his year and a half appointment, whatever appointment that is, eighteen months, yeah. Um, yeah, she said, "I want you to call this number about early intervention because we are seeing some delays." Mm. Um, I have a whole blog post up about that day um, a year later, Mm. kind of recalling it all. But I remember being really surprised Mm. because I think everything that I was thinking is not a big deal. All of a sudden in my face was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I know that like when we when Isaac it was mostly when he turned two that I noticed that he just wasn't doing the same things that we had a lot of little kids in the nursery at church who were about all the same age like within a few weeks of each other so when these kids are playing and stacking blocks and babbling I mean like kind of almost you know talking as much as a toddler talks and he just wasn't doing that and he wanted to kind of not hang with the kids and be by himself and mostly it was the communicating part where we're like you know what he's just not doing what the other kids are doing and then that's when you know started the process of you know here's this book of paperwork (laughs) you know let's let's just get Uh, this party started that was I mean and that was kind of one of the things that happened to our pediatrician I'm very thankful for having put us on that road for early intervention and I'm very thankful for my mom who when I went to her house bawling because I was numb all the way to her house because I was working at the time, so I had to get him to her so I could go to work. And I'm very grateful to her for saying, look, get in the car. If you feel up to going to work, go to work, but you need to call this phone number right now. Mm. And I was like, but I need time to think. She said, no, don't think, just call. And I said, okay, and I listened to her. So for anybody out there who gets this phone number, take that advice and just call before you have time to talk yourself out of it because I'm sure that's what I would have done if I, I did. had not I did. done that. I, I couldn't, I just couldn't deal for a while. And it was, yeah. well, the, the first time, it wasn't my son's doctor and it makes me more annoyed now because he had to go in to get some shots and he just flipped out and he like bit one of the nurses and it was just, Ooh. yeah, he was a biter. Um, <laughs> it was, he, he still is a little bit. He's a biter. He, yeah, he still is a little bit. Not too bad. Um, but it was, and he was just freaking out because you know how they do the head measurements and things like that. And he yeah. like just said, he freaked out. And this doctor who wasn't his doctor was like, well, he probably has autism. And it, it was just the way she said it as if it was like nothing. Yeah. And I, I, I remember going in my car and crying just because I was so angry and I was so upset. How dare she? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, God. exactly. You know? And, and she's like, Oh, that and he was, he was freaking out. And she's like, Oh, your son being medicated at that point. I wanted to punch her in the face, but I just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, yes, yes. No, he's not being medicated for anything, but I was just, uh, thanks. <laughs> Yeah. Appreciate 
Good times. <laughs> but when we I first know. got that initial paperwork, I think it was like the 20-month assessment, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Where I just put it down for like probably a month. I just, you know, and I just sat there and it's staring at me and I'm like, okay, we, we just need to do this. And that's, and for Isaac's process, it took like six months for a diagnosis. Yes. Um, but it was, it could have gone a little quicker if I just was proactive immediately. Well, you know, and I don't know, did you do all this in California? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how, if, if y'alls are different, so you can definitely hear my accent as I say y'all, so mm-hmm. I apologize to, to your, <laughs> to your listeners. Um, but here in Alabama, early intervention only goes until three years old. Yeah. That's the same thing here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So same thing there. And. Having now been through this, I think that is insanity. I think they need it for, even though they're, they can start school, they still need it. It makes it and, way more difficult to get right. IEPs or anything if it's past right. three. They're super proactive about it, but, you right. know, and they're like, we need to get this done before the age of three. But if, like, I know people where their kids are a little older and they were diagna- diagnosed a little later, maybe like eight or nine or ten, and they said, it is so hard. I'm so sorry about That's that. okay. Okay. <laughs> sorry. You know, I'm sitting outside. That's <laughs> okay. Um, and they said that it's so hard to get any services because their child is a little older. As if, well, they lasted in school for the past three years. What do you, what do you need, you know, Well, you know, and for? even in our case, we're lucky enough to have gotten the, the services when we did. Uh-huh. You included. Um However, I just think for those families who don't know about those services, so just going back to even with my pediatrician, she said to me, call this number, um, I'm seeing some delays, and I'm my brain is going completely fuzzy, and I looked at her and I said, I, I need you to explain better what you're not trying to say to me. Mm. And that's when she actually said the word autism, mm. and she must have seen me go white, because she's like, but I don't think he does. I think maybe just early intervention, mm. and he's going to be fine. And even in that moment, I remember thinking, if you think he needs help, how can you think it's just going to magically go away in a year and a half? What about all these kids now? So let's now think in the grander scale of other parents who aren't getting these diagnoses from their doctors or given that term from their doctors until they're three. Oh, well, he's three and he hasn't progressed any. Now you need to start a diagnosis process. Yeah, for here... They missed that I, opportunity. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I don't even... And it could... You know, for even... Like, I love my kid's doctors and she, she, she's great. Yeah. Um, like, but she's like, you know, I don't really... She didn't see anything with autism at first. She's like, I don't think he does. You know, I think he's going to be all right. But here's... But he... You know, but here, let's, let's start this process and see where this goes. Um, and, uh, let's, let's jump to when, so I remember really clearly when I, when we, after, after all paperwork and he had that three hour testing done and then the doctor gave the, gave the prognosis. And I remember that, that I will never forget because she's like, okay, so your son has moderate autism and, in um, uh, I don't know. Whatever else she said, <laughs> that, whatever you know, else said, yeah, yeah, whatever else she said, it was just wah, 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 wah. But I remember feeling like, 
I knew that I felt like he he needed speech therapy. That wasn't that was never a question, but I had no idea that the diagnosis is going to be so severe, and that you know. And she's like, okay, so I'm going to suggest occupational therapy. I'm going to suggest speech therapy. I'm going to suggest physical therapy. And I'm like, whoa, what what just happened from, yeah. I think my son may have a delay to, here's this giant list of things that yeah. he is now diagnosed with. What What is going on, you know? Yes. Yes. Uh, we had, so I think I was kind of mentally prepared for where Sean was going to fall, um, because of the EI, the early intervention oh, okay. um, prognosis, because my poor baby, he was delayed everywhere. Like, no. just all the way so I was like, okay, so this can't be good. And so we went last year and he had his autism test done at two, okay. two and a half. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't old enough to have that actual range given to him, but it was enough to give him the diagnosis so we could move forward with um, preschool and, and therapy, continued therapies and things like that, which was great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even though you kind of, I'm sure you feel the same way because we have a moderate diagnosis as well at three. Mm-hmm. We had that done in April. I don't know if it gets any easier to hear. Like, even though it is, I've accepted it and and this is our new normal and we're but I do feel like I left with that piece of paper in my hand going, ugh, mm. it's on paper like mm. this is, it's still, some days it's still shocking to hear. I don't know if it's about being on paper or, or what, I don't know. It makes it kind of final. Yeah. It's like, like, okay, here's the official thing, this is what's going yes. on here, and you know, it's not like it's a cold and it's just going to pass, you know. <laughs> I wish it was a cold, but no. Um, and that's that's definitely that initial, that was the hard part. And I feel like, you know, on our, what was interesting was that the doctor, she was, she was expecting us to have more of a reaction because she's like, I get parents yelling at me all of the time. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, they said they're going to threaten to sue. I'm the one that taught him how to flap his arms that way. I'm the, you know, you you clearly are wrong. And, you know, and we're like, okay. You know? You're just completely <laughs> stupefied. Well, okay. That's you the know. correct word. It is. It's really kind of numb is probably the best feeling I can use to describe it. Like from the time the pediatrician said you need to call this number to all the appointments leading up to the actual diagnosis stage is just really, for us, I guess you and I specifically, it was just numbing. You hear it, you just go, wow. Yeah, we, we had to drive, like, I think, hour, I don't know, hour plus to go to get the diagnosis done at this certain place. Um, uh, and I remember on the way home, exactly though, you just kind of feel numb. And you kind of feel like grieving in a way because grieve, grieve that life that you thought your kid was going to have. And I I grieved for a really long time. I feel like I have finally, my husband and I both, we talked about this about this time last year. Mm. We both kind of came back together and we're like, 
we missed when we were kind of ignorant. <laughs> when we were everything, and I, I, the way I put it to him was, I really, really missed when things were simpler. Mm. Like everything has got a whole new thought process behind it from. Mm-hmm whose house we take him to visit, how long we can visit before he starts getting antsy. Um, We're even at a point where we can't, he and I can't go out past his bedtime. Oh, wow. Because he's so attached to me. So if we're going to go do something, we really need to be back so that we can tuck him in so that he knows I'm there. Hmm. So it's like this whole new way of thinking and planning and doing your day-to-day. Mm. And that is really hard to get used to. Yeah, that's different. Isaac doesn't care less. He's like, I got a bed, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> the the no, biggest Sean thing. Is very, yeah. very attached. Um, as my husband likes to say, I am his person. And he looks for me. Mm. The days that I've gone um, for the day... Let's just say I'm gone for the day for whatever reason, and I come back. He is so excited to see me, but he grabs me by the hand. He sits me on his futon in his playroom, and he will sit on me. He will physically sit on me and not let me move Wow. from underneath him. Wow. So he's, he's keeping, it, keeping it real for me. I'm like, okay, I can't go anywhere or do anything. All right, mm. that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for... A big thing that we just recently got for um, Isaac is a safety sleeper, and it's and it's like um, this enclosed bed that he he can't get out of. You know, so we just moved him out of being in a crib because he literally would just like climb out. He pulled the bookshelves down. He he it was the one I remember. It was right after my daughter was born, where he's like, all right. I'm going to start doing this now, climbs out in the middle of the night, starts pulling every single toy off the bookshelf, gets in his brother's crib, because his brother's um, a year younger, jumps in his bed while he's sleeping. This poor kid is just like, his nerves are shot. (laughs) (laughs) Poor kid. Um, You know, and it was just like, okay, great. This is really inconvenient timing for this, but, you know, Um, so for him, elopement is a thing. So we went through this very long process to get this bed. And thank God it was, um, um, paid for by our, um, our district. My husband and I are both ministers. And so our district paid for it for us. Oh, how amazing. Like, cause it was trying to get insurance to do it. Cause that was a whole other thing. They're like, well, we don't consider this to be a medical device, even though it is, but they just, yeah, honestly, even. Even my son's doctor was like, all right, look, on, on email, I have to tell you these things because <laughs> they check everything. She's right. like, I'm supposed to tell you about doing these different alternatives. And I'm like, they're not working. <laughs> but That's not working. Mm. We're very lucky that Sean <clears throat> loves his crib. So that is a battle I have not chosen to fight yet. Don't worry about it. He's happy. We love him. Dead. We're not worrying about it. Yeah, I would. Not yet anyway. No, don't even... <laughs> No, seriously. That is a non, non-issue. I can see the swing. All right. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the cool thing with that is that we got that before he was diagnosed. And so we had no idea that that was going to be such a huge thing for him. 
such an important tool. We had no idea. You know, and so like when we first started having therapists come to our house, they were like, "You have a swing here." I'm like, "Yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah, we, I'm yeah, so we have I'm a swing." Johnny on the spot with this. Yeah, and so they're like, "Oh, you're such great players." I'm like, "Thank you." You know, but we so he uses it. Yeah, so like, so when we're not home, um, or we go away for a few days, he starts getting antsy. You can tell that he needs some sensory input. Um, yeah. So that's. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, she, she wants to be on the podcast, mom. Yeah, oh yeah, she is today. Apparently, we have two co-hosts. All that's right. right. So, like, I don't know if you have heard this. You probably have before, but um, I have gotten from very lovely, well-meaning people. But he doesn't look like he has autism. Or, um, you know, if you only use these essential oils, or if you change your son's diet this way, that's really going to help with his, yeah. his thing. And, um, you know. I've heard a lot of, a lot of those. Um, you know, here's my, I'll tell you my initial take on the, he doesn't look like he has autism. At first, I took that as a great compliment because mm. I didn't want him to be different. Okay. He doesn't look like he has anything wrong. This is this is a good thing. This is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now I find that I understand why moms do get frustrated with it because you put in a lot of time and a lot of effort <sighs> to help them get to that point. And there was a day that I read something about autism being an invisible disability. Mm. And I thought, that's brilliant. Because it is. It's easy for you to tell me that my son doesn't look or act autistic. But you're only seeing him for like an hour. (laughs) He's had a great nap before we left and came here. By the time we get home, he's going to be stimming. He's going to be yelling. He's going to be whatever because he's going to be overstimulated at that point. Mm. And we have to deal with that aftermath. You don't. So mm. I do get where it's kind of aggravating now because I don't want to take away from what he's... I don't know if I... I'm not getting my words right on this. It just... I don't want it to take away from him. Yeah. If that makes sense. I don't know if that's if that's the right way of putting it. Yeah, I um, think um, when uh, yesterday, yeah, two days ago, we were we we went for a few days, and we really don't take our kids into restaurants too often anymore, just because right. they're just loud. They're just they're loud. <laughs> like it doesn't Loud's really matter what what it is. Icicle just yell or whatever. It's just that's yeah. what we doing. He's happy. My, my, yeah. my husband calls it he has the joy. So when Isaac gets super excited joy, by something, yes. it just comes out of his fingers and it's out of his toes. And he just he just has the joy. And I'm going to use that from now on. Because yeah. that's what Sean does. He yells, he does his hands, and he kicks his feet all yep. at the same time. Yep. Yes. And, um, and he's like, you know, my husband's great. He's like, I wish people could be as excited and happy about life as Isaac is. Why, why would, why, why do we, he doesn't like labels. He doesn't like the word stimming. He doesn't like even using the term autism or things like that. He's like, my son has special needs 
and he gets really happy. He doesn't talk a lot. So we were in a restaurant and I gave him my iPad just because I needed him to sit still <laughs> and we can eat dinner. Um, and he's just doing his thing and I can, there's, they put us in a corner and I can see that people are slowly like trying to look, but not look, you know, like, why is he so loud? What's going on? And he, um, he turns around and like grabs this guy's arm <laughs> sitting behind us and he's like, oh, hello. And so at that point, I had to say something. <laughs> it's like, my son has special needs. He is just really happy and he gets excited about everyone he sees. And I kid you not, there are about six people whose shoulders just dropped. They were like, oh, you know. And then everything was fine after that. <laughs> but, but he has a sister who's you know gonna be like yeah and that's that's a big thing so isaac isaac was our first our first kid so we thought everything he did was perfect like we didn't know we had no idea that i'm like oh i didn't know that a two-year-old is supposed to be doing this or have this many words or kick a soccer ball i didn't know i was supposed to teach my kids soccer before i was supposed to do this test you know i know Mm-hmm. So that we could tell the difference. Um, and, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I, I applaud you and other moms who had their first with autism and have siblings for them. Because I don't know as if I could have done that. Oh, I know people because who, like, they just, so yeah. busy that I don't know as if Charlotte would have ever made it into this world <laughs> you know you know like we we joke about it now but i'm like isaac was such a good baby we got tricked so we just thought well this is great you know and i got pregnant like when he was six months old so there there was no <laughs> there was no plan <laughs> there was it just happened you know and so you know and we didn't know so we just thought everything he did was great. And he was, he yeah. was and the happiest baby in all of babydom. He was so happy and so just joyful. And I feel like... Oh, oh I'm sorry. That's normally your job, um, being happy. Um, but I feel like he's been in preschool for almost a year now. And I feel like he's starting to be that joyful little guy again. He is starting to like... And he... Like, 
I love it because, you know, because he's, he's nonverbal, but he slowly has had like some pop out words the past couple of months and things were like all of us, you know, the, the, his BI, the supervisor's teacher were all like, you know, cause it just comes out of nowhere and, and they're not even yeah. small words either. It's like strawberry, um, like Thomas, like Thomas the train, you know, yeah. like he just went for the bleachers. He didn't start with cat or dog, he, he went, you know, he went, right for he went it. all the way there. So like for to see that small things like that, I feel like gives you hope. And I, and I think like, I feel like a lot of times in um, some autism parents groups, I don't see hope very often. I see yeah. exhaustion. I see complaining. I see my kids I doing anger. this. Yeah, they're angry. Angry. I, I can't live in that. Exactly. That's why I had to like not be in this group anymore because I'm like, I just can't. This is not how I want to live my life. I'm not expecting everything to be perfect. I'm not expecting like, of course, there's going to be rough days, but I can't live in some state of bitterness and right. anger because of my kid's diagnosis. That so, is so funny that you bring that up today because that was a discussion I actually had with my mom yesterday. I'm like, it's too heavy. It just weighs you down. We've got to lighten it up. And I feel like even some, sorry, there's a pretty bird right there. Um, some parents that I've seen on that, the, the bitterness, but the defensiveness, like anytime I feel like, and reading it now could just be context related. Yeah. But. It's almost, I get the feeling anytime someone appears to look at their child funny or doesn't say the right thing to them, they're on that group going, I had to tell them and they need to be careful the next, I'm like, Slow it do down. you forget what it was like when you didn't know what autism was? Because I, I wouldn't have known any different. I think that's very fair to give everybody that break. You have to have, I saw a quote, or did I hear it or I read it? I think I heard it. I can't remember who I heard it from. But for, for people to have acceptance, then you have to have the awareness first. Exactly. Exactly. You know what it is, what it understand it and then don't bat an eyelash exactly you can't you can't have people be can't expect people to be like oh oh, okay everything you know you can't become aware of something or accept something if you're not aware of it right so yeah like i loved that when i started um, awareness month because so many people are all about pushing the acceptance part of it Mm -hmm. but you have to have the awareness before you have the acceptance Mm mm-hmm so, in conclusion, we'll wrap it up. What What would be one thing you would say to a family that just found out their child's diagnosis? Just found out? Uh, I would tell them it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Feel your feelings because you, you have those feelings for a reason. Um, if you're sad, if you're depressed, if you feel like you're grieving... Feel those feelings because they're genuine, they're real, but don't stay there. Yeah. Don't stay there because if you stay there, you become bitter, you become angry, and that does nothing for yourself or your child. Mm, that's really good. That's really good. 
Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for doing this this podcast with me today. I had a lot of fun. Um, I did too. Thank you so much for asking me. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. So I just I think that you know, just that's really good that you can't be accepting of something that you're not aware of. So I think that if we just you know teach people about just being aware of autism and that it is different for every single kid then they can have acceptance too. And just, I definitely agree with you is, you know, if you just found out about your child and their diagnosis, it's okay to feel those things and to have that kind of grieving period, but know that there's hope on the other side and just, you're going to be growing with your kid. You're going to be growing just as your child is. They don't change. They have not changed at all, but you have. Yes. And that's one thing I'm going to add that my husband looked at me and said during all the diagnosis phase was Sean is still Sean. Everything that we love about him is still there. Now we just know why he does certain things. Yeah. Yeah. And he's beautiful. He's, yeah. he's got life made. I mean, <laughs> it's all of us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's uh, joyful. I think joyful is the perfect word. Thank you for that really one. That's really good. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for doing Zoom today. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the Enriched Life podcast. And we will see you next week.